Hey friends, this is Pastor Brian Worth. Thanks for listening to my latest sermon. Get more of my teachings on YouTube at Chapel of Change TV and tune in every Sunday on the radio on 99.5 FM for fresh hope. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand. Praise. Let's be ready with the mics next time. How's everybody doing this morning? It's good to see everybody at our 10, 15 a.m. service. Uh, the joy of the Lord is in the house. Would you agree with that? Praise God. Uh, before, we, uh, before we get into the word, I want to call up a couple testimonies. I want to call up Brother Gilbert. Gilbert, if you can come up here. Amen. Give it up for Brother Gilbert. Monica, Monica, if you can come up here, Monica, amen. Give it up for these two. Uh, we've been, you know, praying in January. We prayed the whole month of January. We haven't stopped, but January we kind of gave to prayer. Uh, and we've been preaching on supernatural growth. We've been praying on open doors. And Gilbert, uh, something happened in his life or is happening in his life. Uh, he... He called me up the other day, and he wanted to testify. He couldn't even wait to come to church. He wanted to testify. And so I want you to hear part of this testimony, in particular about the provision, the lack of the 7000 and how God provided for that, kind of that situation. I want you to hear this testimony because I'm believing some of you are next in line to this type of testimony. Amen. So, Gilbert, tell us what happened. Well, um, we've been living in... Supernatural. So we've been living in our home for the past 13 years. And we've been renting our home. So the landlord decided he wanted to sell the house. So we put in an offer and he refused our offer. Then we put in another offer below what he was asking for. And he accepted our offer. Come on, unusual acceptance, favor. So we came up short. We were going to put down 40000 We came up short. We had thirty-three. But also tell about your kids. So my kids had said, you know, we'll give you what we have in our savings. We wanted to save for a car, but we can always get a car later. We want our home. And so both my kids gave us their savings. Come on, praise the Lord. But we were still short 7000 They were short, still short for the down payment, $7,000. We're praying supernatural growth. We're praying open doors in Jesus' name. They were short 7000 on the down payment of the house. What happened, Gilbert? My wife gets a letter. And that letter was from two jobs prior to where she's working right now, saying that she has um, her 401, and if she wanted to roll it over or cash it out, and it was $7,000. Come on, somebody. Praise God, somebody. Release a sound. Somebody's next for this type of blessing. Receive, release a sound. Praise God. Praise God. And I, I, I do want to say there is a, a deep kind of deeper backstory. During the pandemic, when they shut down the churches and we had to go uh, exclusively live stream and nobody could come to church, it was just a handful of people here operating the live stream. And Gilbert was one of those that was here faithfully every week leading the live stream. Amen. So there's a backstory of service unto the Lord. Uh, and how God just, just provides for us. Lift up your hands towards Gilbert and his family. Father God, we thank you for this testimony of grace and supernatural, Father God. We pray that you continue to provide for him. Bless that house in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says amen. amen. Thanks for sharing. Now, 
Monica uh, represents our young adults here at Chapel of Change. And she's been coming here, I think, for about six months or so, approximately. Uh, and the Lord opened up the door uh, about a week ago through Pastor Sandy uh, and the church for her to go to the nation of El Salvador for the very first time. And so Monica, as a young adult, took a step of faith and went to the nation of El Salvador with Pastor Sandy and the crew and begin to serve that nation. So I just want her to just kind of share what kind of touched her heart about that. What did she see God do uh, in those moments? Yeah, talk about supernatural growth. I just want to touch on when we were praying in January and you said the Lord has a uh, desire for us to supernaturally have faith. I came and I prayed that the Lord would send me with creative talent to affect the world. I was like, okay, and he did it, and that was, that was within a month, a month, so God will do it, and um, it was beautiful to go to, to get your passport ready because God just desires for all of us to serve um, in the greatest capacity, more than we can think or ask or imagine, and that was just reoccurring the whole time, more than you can think or ask or imagine. I've got you more than you can think or ask or imagine. I will give it to you more than you can think or ask or imagine. And um, I was just bombarded with texts and prayers and just encouragement from the church. So thank you so much if you were one to reach out. And um, what really touched my heart was the genuine love of the church in El Salvador, the people, the humility and the giving. And when we got back, you know, Pastor Sandy just reminded me, like, you know, they have X, Y, and Z that they do. And, and I go, I would never know. I would never know because of the level of service that they reached. I would, unless you told me what each individual was expressing, I wouldn't know because they just served in humility, with joy, with gladness. They worshiped the Lord. And they, they were servants to, to me as much as I was a ser serving them. And we served the, the people there that were there. The members of the body of Christ in El Salvador are so humble and so much a blessing. Thank you for letting me go. Amen. Give the Lord. We're going to pray for her. Come on, let's pray. Lift up your hands toward Monica. Father God, in Jesus' name, may this open door grow wider and wider and wider. May you develop her for the world as an agent of fresh hope. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says amen. Give the Lord a hand. Praise. Thank you, Monica. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So if you're part of Chapel of Change, we're encouraging you, get your passport. Get your passport. Because we are a church that is called to the nations. We're a church that's called to make a global impact. We're making an impact locally, but we're also making an uh, impact globally. In fact, a couple of us, a group of us, are going to go to Guatemala in, uh, I think it's uh, March or April, with our partnership through Cornerstone of Hope. So if you want more information about that, contact us, and we can go to the nations in the name of Jesus. Someone say amen to that. If you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to turn to Luke chapter 11, Luke chapter 11, uh, verses 5. Luke chapter 11, verses 5. I do want to welcome our online audience. Let's make some noise for those watching online. God bless you from wherever you're watching from. I'll pray the blessing and the word of the Lord blesses you through that TV screen in Jesus' name. Luke chapter 11, verses 5. Now, it's going to take me a minute to get to that scripture. I'm going to mention several scriptures before I get there. But just hold your place on Luke chapter 11, verse 5. And eventually we will read it uh, together. But we are in the middle of a series on Sundays on open doors or the mystery of doors. And we've been praying uh, for open doors in our lives. Uh, doors of opportunity, doors of promotion, doors of favor, uh, doors of financial blessing. By the way, was anybody at our Faith and Business Expo yesterday to the glory of God? Uh, we had a sanctuary full of people. I met people that came from Ventura. I met people that came from Palmdale. 
I met people that came from Chino Hills. And the testimony, part of the testimony was, I didn't know if it was a church service or it was a business workshop. Because the Holy Ghost was with us. And our prayer is that we reach all segments of society. We're reaching all segments of society as a church. Uh, people that are on the fringes of society, people that are going through hell and high water, and, and, and successful people. We want successful people need Jesus too. Isn't that right? And so I'm grateful to be a part of a church that is open to reaching all segments of society. Because uh, let me tell you something. Hopelessness hits everybody. I've been in some million-dollar homes where the family was being torn apart, and everybody needs fresh hope. So we're praying for doors of opportunity, doors of promotion, doors of blessing, and we're learning that the Bible talks a lot about doors. Someone say doors. We've learned the last couple of weeks that the, the positive definition of doors is authorized access authorized access make sure you write that down in your notes access to movement access to new seasons and territories access to next level living next level blessing next level education next level promotion authorized access remember in 2 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9, in the New Living Translation, it says there is a wide open door for a great work here. Notice that word, wide open door for a great work here. May God open a wide door for you this year. May God open a wide door for you this year. You know why it needs to be wide? Because the door is meant to be more than just for you. You meant to take your family through that door, your spouse through that door, your kids through that door. You, it's supposed to be wide enough for your grandkids to go through that door. May the Lord open a wide door in your life in 2024. And we're already getting testimonies of God opening up doors. You heard the testimony of Brother Gilbert. Lord bless his family. He said uh, he was $7,000 uh, uh, he was $7,000 short of the down payment to purchase his house. And out of nowhere, his wife gets a phone call from two jobs ago saying, we have some back pay for you, and it is in the amount of $7,000. Uh, somebody's next for buying a home. I pray that God opens up a, a door for someone here to buy a home for his glory and his honor. Someone shout amen to that. Now, we're learning how do we open up doors? How do we open up doors? Because the majority of doors you encounter in life will initially be shut. The, the majority of doors you encounter in life will initially be shut. And as a Christian, you need to learn how to open a door. Are you following along? Uh, and also, some of y'all, uh, if you find yourself stuck in repetitive patterns, if you find yourself stuck in the same old situation, you may be in front of an invisible shut door and not even know it. And you're going to need to know how to open that door. Someone shout amen to that. So today, I want to uh, identify a couple keys that will open wide the, uh, the doors in front of you. We learned last week that there's several ways to open up doors. We're going to eventually go through them all. There's through keys, through knocking, and through supernatural power. Through keys, through knocking, and supernatural power. These are the three general ways you open up the doors in front of you. Through keys, someone say keys. Through knocking, someone say knocking. And then through supernatural power. Sometimes the keys... Uh, may not necessarily work in a particular situation. Sometimes the knocking, no one will hear you knocking. But let me tell you something. God has some secret stuff for you. It's called supernatural power uh, to bust down any door that may be in front of you. Someone shout amen to that. Now, today I want to identify, we're still uh, on this subtopic of keys, keys. And I want to identify some keys that will open up doors in front of you. So pay attention because what I'm going to teach you here is going to help you when you feel stuck and when you feel you're in front of a repetitive kind of messed up uh, situation. Now, remember, Jesus taught his early disciples in Matthew 16, 19, I will give you the keys, someone say keys, of the kingdom of heaven. Isn't that 
a beautiful statement? Isn't that a deep revelation that Jesus loves us so much, he trusts us so much that he says, man, I got something for you that is going to open up some doors in that world. You shouldn't have to be stuck in this world. You shouldn't have to be held down in this world. I got some keys for you. Someone shout keys. Now remember, uh, this is important to note, that there is one key to the kingdom, and that's Jesus Christ. But there are many keys in the kingdom. Are you following along? One key uh, 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 to the kingdom, which is Jesus Christ, because no man can go to the Father except through Jesus. He is the way. He is the door. But once you get in the kingdom, there are many keys of the kingdom. Many keys of the kingdom. Remember, we learned that last week. And let me give you a, one of the mysteries of operating in the kingdom of God. You need to catch this right here because it's going to help you. That the way the kingdom functions is that every possibility in life is controlled by a key. This is some revelation for you. The way the kingdom functions is that every possibility, every spiritual possibility in life is controlled by a key. What does that mean? Prosperity is controlled by a key. Healing is controlled by a key. Deliverance is controlled by a key. Uh, greater degrees of freedom uh, is controlled by a key. Influence is controlled by a key. Breakthrough is controlled by a key. Now, let me, let me help you kind of understand this a little bit clearer. There are times out of God's mercy and grace, he blesses us with prosperity. There are some times out of God's mercy and grace, he blesses us with a breakthrough. And God can do basically whatever he wants to do. If he chooses, sometimes God in his sovereignty and grace he will bless you even when you're not paying attention to him. Has anybody been blessed like that? Like you weren't even paying attention to God, but just his mercy and grace, he blessed you. So there are times where God will bless you out of his sovereignty, out of his mercy and his grace. But functionally in the kingdom of God, he has taught us patterns in the kingdom of God. He's revealed to us mysteries, how to master the kingdom of God. So you're not just waiting on a blessing that falls every now and then, right? God doesn't want you to just live off a blessing every now and then. He wants you to master the way of the kingdom. And the way you master the way of the kingdom is you learn how to use the keys of the kingdom. Is anybody following along? I want you to master the keys of the kingdom. I don't want you to get just blessed every three years. I don't want you to have a testimony every five years. I want you to master the, the, the kingdom, the ways of the kingdom. So when the devil throws a curveball at you or when the devil throws something at you, you know how to duck, dodge, and keep on moving to the glory of God. Someone shout keys. Doors don't respond to emotion. Doors don't respond to wishful thinking. Uh, you'd be surprised that a huge percentage of our prayer is just emotion. A, a huge percentage of our prayer is just wishful thinking. But it takes more than desire to open up doors. Desire may be a start. Deliverance may start with desire, but it takes more than just desire. Everybody, for the most part, wants to succeed in life, but not everybody's going to succeed. Everybody, for the most part, wants to be fruitful in life, but not everybody's going to be fruitful. It takes more than desire. We must master the way of the kingdom. And so what is a kingdom key? I taught you this last week. In case you forgot, write this down. A kingdom key is the understanding and applying of biblical principles that address your situation. What is a kingdom key? Let's put it on the screen. Uh, it is the understanding and the applying of biblical principles that address your situation. This is why it's so important to be a disciple of Jesus and not just a believer in Jesus. 
There are way too many people who say they believe in Jesus, but way fewer less disciples of Jesus. So critical to be a learner, to be a student, to seek after the mysteries of the kingdom, to say, God, show me your way, to open up God's word regularly, to go to Bible study, to go to discipleship groups, to come to church on a regular basis and sit up underneath the word of God because you will rise to the level of your understanding of God's word. You will rise in life to the level you understand and you apply the principles of God's word. These principles are not in the Bible just so we could read about it or think about them. They're in the Bible so we can activate them in our life so that we can experience them. Woe is the one who just talks about the Bible but never experiences the Bible. What a frustrating place to be in when all you do is talk about ideals but never experience what God has for you. So a kingdom key, write this down. It is the understanding and the applying, not just, not just understanding, but also you apply it. You're not just a hearer, but you're a doer of biblical principles. You work this out in your life. You act upon the word of God. You step out in faith. You obey God whether you understand him or not. You, you obey God whether people tell you you're crazy or not. You obey God. The miracles happen when somebody steps out in, in obedience to God. It is the understanding and the applying of biblical principles that address your situation. Now that is, that, that is key. Um, there is vast amounts of spiritual understanding. But not all spiritual understanding addresses your specific situation. One of the ways the devil keeps us stuck, if he can't stop you from gaining spiritual understanding, one of the next strategy is get you to start debating about spiritual understanding that don't even relate to the problem you're in. Did you catch that? So you over here debating on where the dinosaurs are and your life is falling apart. And you think you're growing spiritually, and, and the answer to that is in the Bible, and that's the, the answer to that is good, but that don't help you on your meth addiction. That don't help you on your alcohol. You could solve that problem and still be messed up. So there is a specific body of truth in the Bible. This is where people fall off. I'm trying to, I'm teaching you the mysteries of the kingdom. This is where people fall off. They get excited about arguing some understanding that has nothing to do with their situation. And so people will, will tell me, Brian, why aren't you talking about uh, the election? Why aren't you talking about uh, the Senate? Or why aren't you talking about this thing? And I'm telling them, that ain't going to help the mother in my church whose daughter just died. That ain't going to help the, the dad in my church whose, whose daughter strung out in a prostitute on the street. It's not going to help them. I could win that debate any, any day of the week, but it ain't going to help the mother. You'll be surprised at how many mothers in Chapel of Change whose kids have been murdered. Murdered. One year I did, one year I did three press conferences for the news because of mothers who had their kids murdered. They don't teach you how to do a press conference in seminary. So there's a specific body of understanding. Whatever you're going through, you need to target that in the scriptures. Are you following along? And so we, I, my prayer is uh, that as leaders and pastors, teachers of the Bible, that we have the heartbeat of the church. And that, that, that we're, we're, we're scratching where you're itching. Did you catch that? And so we're, my prayer is that the messages, I'm not, I'm not trying to teach you how to win the debate on where the dinosaurs are. <laughs> are you following along? I'm trying to teach you how to gain victory over that devil who's been plaguing your generations, who's been holding you down. I'm, I'm trying to teach you how to get healed. I'm trying to teach you how to get whole. I'm trying to teach you how to get whole in life because we've been broken too long. It's time for us to rise up and go through that wide door in the name of Jesus. Someone shout amen.
So each time you understand and apply a biblical principle, you turn a key. Each time you understand and you apply a biblical principle, you turn a key. This is one of the reasons why God will test you on the understanding you get. Because he doesn't want you to just hold it inside you. He wants you to apply it to your life. By applying it to your life, you're, you're turning the key. And so I like to warn the church that I, I have learned in the last 11 years of teaching the, uh, of the Bible that once you learn something, you're going to get tested by it. Once you learn something, you're going to get tested by it. So don't, don't get shocked. You're going to get tested by it. Why? One reason is God wants you to turn that key. He wants you to learn how to turn that key. Someone say turn that key. So each time you understand and apply a biblical principle, you turn a key. And remember, we learned that Jesus came down from heaven to give us keys. He came down from heaven to give us keys. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 20, he says, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding. Someone say understanding. That's keys. Remember, remember we, we learned that some doors can be people. Some doors can be people, like people are, are, have become closed doors. And to a certain degree, I like to believe Jesus looked down over heaven into the earth and seen a bunch of mobile prisons, a mobile uh, prisons moving around. And he comes down to the earth and says, I got the keys. I got the keys that will unlock your life. I got the keys that will free you. I got the keys that will set you free. He came down to give us an understanding. That's, that's the key. So as you grow in your understanding of God, you're collecting keys. You see that? As you come to church, one of the reasons why you come to church, there, there's several reasons why we gather together, but one of the reasons why you gather together, I come to collect my key. I'm gathering, I'm collecting my keys. So next time somebody asks you, uh, why are you going to church? I'm coming to collect my keys. I'm going to get my keys. I'm, I'm stacking the deck uh, uh, on the keys. Because you will rise uh, in life to the level you have keys. Are you following along? So let me, let me just identify a couple basic keys for us. And for some of you, this is a reminder. Uh, but for some of you, you're going to learn this for the first time. Uh, let me identify just a couple keys. Number one is persistent prayer is a key. Persistent prayer is a key. And this is where we turn to our Luke chapter 11, verse 5 and 8. I hope you got there. I gave you about 10 minutes to get there. Luke chapter 11, verse 5. Are you there? Are you there? All right, let me read it. Just follow along in your eyes. It says, and he said to them, Jesus said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him and he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. So notice that. He runs into a closed door. He goes. And this is a shut door. Now this is a, 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 an example of prayer. This is an example of prayer. He comes into a closed door. But look at verse 8. Because 8 has the solution. He says, I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend. Not going to open the door. Some of y'all friends are not going to open the door for you. Some of y'all friends are not going to open the door for you for whatever reason. They're not going to open up the door for you. But praise God, you're going to get a key today. I said, praise God, you're going to get a key today. It says, and he will not give to him because he's his friend. Yet, get this, I would circle that word in your Bible. Yet, because of his persistence. Someone say persistence. That means he didn't give up. That means he kept on knocking. He kept on knocking. I know you in there somewhere. I'm going to keep on knocking. I know you behind that door. I'm going to keep on knocking. He said, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So notice, he starts off only needing three loaves. Notice that. But his persistence broke down that wide door. And now because he didn't give up, he could get as many as he needs. He could get something for his spouse. He could get something for his kids. He could leave an inheritance to his kids. This is the benefit of persistent prayer. 
If you want Bible results, you got to do things the Bible way. Away with the pretty little prayers. We got to be persistent. We got to endure. We got to keep on knocking. Persistent prayers have the power to knock down doors. They have the power to open doors. Listen, just listen to this. I think I'm putting this on the screen. This is another example that Jesus taught on prayer in Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Just listen to this. It says, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray. Notice that phrase, always pray. Someone say always pray. And not give up. And not give up. Notice that. And not give up. And then he gives this illustration. Pay, uh, pay attention. Uh, verse 2. Just listen to this. He said, he said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared for what people thought. May you never face an individual like that. that. That's an individual. He didn't fear God and he didn't fear people. May you never face an individual like that. But look at verse 3. And there was a widow, someone say widow, in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. So notice this wicked individual, resistant individual, but then he gets confronted by a frail yet powerful widow. He gets confronted. By someone who knows the power of persistence. He gets confronted by someone who knows the power of endurance. When you think about a widow, you think about somebody who's endured a heartache. Someone who's endured a, a, a heartbreak. And they're still standing. They're still praising God. They're still praying to God. They're still worshiping God. May we learn from the widows today. She didn't back down. She wasn't afraid. She knew that persistence can open the door. And then verse 4, just listen to this. For sometimes he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me. Hello, somebody. May, may you have that type of spirit. May you have that type of spirit that don't give up. May you have that type of spirit that persists. May you have that type of spirit that stays knocking on the door. Don't be so weak that you have to run away. Oh, it's not open. No, no. Stay at the door. Stay in prayer. Stay on your knees. Stay crying out to, to God. Yeah, because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she, see, she gets justice. May we learn from the widows. See, persistent prayer is key. Not just any type of prayer, persistent prayer. That means you turn in that key. You know, sometimes, sometimes keys need to be turned several times. Sometimes they need to be turned several times. You got to be persistent. You got to be persistent. And uh, to be persistent speaks of not giving up despite the weight. Despite the weight. You don't give up despite the weight. Uh, and we all know that no one likes to wait for anything. Ain't that true? No one likes to wait for anything. But the reality is God rarely answers our prayers immediately. He rarely, sometimes he will, but he rarely answers our prayer immediately. You know why? Because he's more concerned in your development than in you getting what you're asking for. He's more concerned that, that, that you wait on him and you get developed in that space of waiting. You show persistence. You show endurance. So he's, what is he doing? He's developing you so you could receive that blessing and keep that blessing. Someone shout amen. amen. Psalms 27 verse 13 was one of my favorite scriptures in the many years that I did in prison. I would regularly turn to this scripture when I was in a one-man cell. Uh, I, I stood on this scripture for a long time. Listen to this. He says, I remain confident of this. You got to keep up your confidence. Sometimes, you know, waiting on the Lord is draining sometimes. And sometimes you got to keep up your confidence. I, I, I stood on this verse for many, many years when I couldn't hear God or I couldn't see what God was doing. In Psalms 27 verse 13, it says, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
Come on, somebody. I'm not just going to talk about it. I'm not going to just testify about it. I'm not going to just say it's coming. No, I'm going to see it. I'm going to taste it. I'm going to experience it. I'm going to experience it. May you experience the blessings of the Lord in your life. He says, wait for the Lord. Be strong. Someone say, be strong. Strong people wait. He says, wait on the Lord. Be strong. Someone say, be strong. And let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. So to be persistent speaks of not giving up despite the weight, but also to be persistent speaks of not giving up despite the opposition. Not giving up despite the opposition. Uh, I, I want to turn back to 1 Corinthians 16.9. I'm putting it up on the screen. I want you to notice what happens when the doors swing wide open. Because I didn't read the entire verse, I don't think, when I first read it. But look at what happens when doors start opening for you. I don't know if you've learned this already, but when doors start opening for you, it attracts different types of people. It attracts different types of people. Look at what it says. There is a wide door for a great work here, although, get this, many oppose me. I don't know why. I have my theories. I have my guesses. But it, the cold reality is that the wider the door that opens for you, the more people are going to hate on you. The more doors God opens in your life, the more people are going to hate on you. And people are going to try to get in the way. And people are going to try to make you stumble. And people are going to try to make you fall. But we got to show persistence. We got to show endurance. Don't fall for the hate. You cannot win hate with hate. You cannot win hate with hate. You cannot win an argument by getting louder. You have to persevere. You got to pers be uh, persistent. There, it gets, let me tell you something. It gets tired to hate on people. They're going to throw in the towel. The key is you don't throw in the towel faster than they throw in the towel. Hello, somebody. <laughs> Jesus said, one day Jesus told his disciples a story that they should always pray and never give up. Here's the second key that I want to give us in our teaching uh, this morning. And this is a reminder for some, but it's new to others. Is, and before I say this, I want to just, I'm saying this very clearly. What This key that I'm about to share with you or remind you of is one of the under, most underused keys in the kingdom. People don't use this key. And I get it. The devil don't want you to have a lot of keys. And so what I'm about to teach you right now if you've learned it before, you need to start using it. Maybe God is reminding you because you ain't been using this key. You, you probably got it in your pocket, but you haven't pulled it out. So this second key uh, that is used to open up doors uh, is what I call declaration of God's word is a key. Declaration of God's word uh, is a key. One of the most underused keys in the kingdom. But let me remind you, when God created mankind, he gave us the power of spoken words. He gave us the power of spoken words. In fact, when you study God, he uses the power of spoken words to release power. When you study God, look at creation in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3. The Bible says the Spirit was hovering over the earth, but the Spirit didn't do anything until God spoke His word. It says, God said, let there be light, and there was light. But the verse before it says, the Spirit was hovering over the darkness or the earth, and the Spirit didn't do nothing. The power of God didn't do nothing until the word came forth. You got to understand something. The assignment of the power of God is not to manifest your desires per se. The power, of the, the assignment of the power of God is not to manifest your, your wishes. The, the assignment of the power of God is to manifest the word of God in your life. The power of God is at the mercy of the word of God in your life. The power of God doesn't come upon you to do what you want God to do. The power of God comes upon you to fulfill his his word in your life. If there's no word, it's limited power. If there's no word, it's limited power. Are you following along? So God has given us the ability 
to release power into the atmosphere through speaking his word, declaring his word, declaring his word over your situation, over your loved ones. Listen, I encourage you, don't wait for March to come before you respond to it. Don't wait until April to come before you respond to it. Take the offensive right now and start declaring God's word into your March. Start declaring God's word into your April. Give God something to manifest in your March. Give God's power and assignment in your April. Don't wait for things to happen to you to respond to it. When we declare God's word, power is released from heaven to help open doors. When we declare God's word over our situation, over our, over, over our loved ones, power is released from heaven to open doors. God's method has always been his word. God's method has always been his word. He rises you to, uh, uh, off his word. He, he heals you off of his word. He delivers you off of his word. He frees you off of his word. Genesis chapter 21 verse 1. Listen to this. Genesis chapter 21 verse 1. It says, now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said. Did you catch that? And the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. God's method has always been his word. He didn't do for Sarah what she necessarily desired. He didn't do for Sarah what she was wishing to be done. No, he did for Sarah according to his what? His promises, his, his word. Write this down. I need you to get this. The assignment of God's power is to manifest God's word. The assignment of God's power is to manifest God's word. Listen to this in Galatians chapter 4, verse 23. This is talking about Abraham. Galatians chapter 4, verse 23. Listen to this. It says, his son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh. <laughs> that's, a, that's a sermon series right there. Have you ever did anything according to the flesh? This is speaking about Abraham, and it's speaking about his son Ishmael. And if you remember the story, Abraham couldn't wait on God. God gave him a promise. He couldn't wait. So he did what most of us would do when we can't wait on God. We put our hands in the situation. And we try to maneuver the situation to get the promise to be fulfilled. Has anybody been guilty of that? So the Bible says that that his son, Ishmael, was born according to the flesh. Have you ever did anything of the flesh? Because to this day, the lineage of that son that was born in the flesh is hindering the kingdom of God to this very day. And when you do things according to the flesh, that's what happens. You end up regretting. You end up uh, 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 crying because you didn't wait on God, but you did it according to the flesh. But it doesn't stop there. But it says, but his son by the free woman was born through the promise. What was that promise? God's word. See, the assignment of the power of God is to manifest God's word. Mark chapter 16, verse 20. Listen to this. Put it up on the screen, please. Mark 16, verse 20. It says, then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. What does that mean to preach? It means to speak God's word. Right? He went, they, they went speaking God's word everywhere. And listen, yes, we are to preach to people. That's the primary thing. We are to preach to people. We are to share God's word with people. I hope you're sharing God's word with people. I hope you're sharing the love of God with people. I hope you're sharing the grace of God with people at your work. I hope you're sharing the grace of God with people at the store. I hope you're sharing the love of God. Yes, we are to share or speak God's word to people, but I also believe we are to preach to our situations and preach to our circumstances. It says, listen to this. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them. Look at that co-laboring right there. The Lord, the Lord. do you know you're a co-laborer with, with God in Christ? You're a co-laborer 
right? Look at that co-labor. The Lord worked with them. Are you, do, are you doing your part? Are you doing your part? Because you can't expect God to do his part when you're not doing your part. You got to do your part. Someone say, I got to do my part. Look, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed, get that, confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. So what did the, what did the Lord confirm? He didn't confirm their wishful thinking. The Lord confirmed his word. The Lord demonstrated signs according to his word. Are you declaring God's word into your situation or are you complaining about your situation? What are you speaking into your situation? Are you declaring the promises of God over your kids? Are you declaring the promises of God over your spouse who's not a believer yet? Are you declaring the promises of God? This is a key. I'm teaching you the mysteries of the kingdom. I'm trying to help you to master the way of the kingdom. God performs his word. Give God something to work with in your life. He's not going to just show up. He needs to have his word in that situation. Is anybody picking up what I'm putting down? I learned this a long time ago. I learned this very long time ago in the early, in the early 2000s when I was in prison. Uh, the California Parole Board was ruthlessly denying people parole. Only 0.5%, 0.5, that's less than 1% of anybody who went up before the parole board, they were getting denied release. And I knew the reality of the situation. So I decided I'm not going to wait before I go to the parole board to get ready. I'm going to send the word of God ahead of me into 2002. I'm going to send the word of God. So this is what I did. This is what I did. I'm giving you some behind the scenes insight. This is what I did. I went into the scriptures. I went into the Bible. And I learned what God said about favor. I learned what God said about favor, and I found one particular verse, many verses, but this particular verse, Psalm chapter 5, verse 2. Psalm chapter 5, verse 2. Let's put it up on the screen. It says, surely the Lord, you bless the righteous, you surround them with favor as with a shield. You see, I needed the favor of God. I didn't need to learn how to win the argument of where the dinosaurs are. That would not help me in that moment. I had to get with precision. I had to be accurate. I, I needed to learn the body of truth and the scripture that pertained to my situation. So I go and I find the scripture on favor. And I start years before I go to the pro board. I start declaring that into the atmosphere. I send the word of God ahead of me uh, to the year 2002. And I'm declaring that I have the favor of God. I'm declaring that the favor of God is a shield for me. I'm declaring that when I walk into that room, there's going to be something different about me that they're going to see. I got the favor of God, and I released the favor of God into that situation. Is anybody following along? I know it, sound, it sounds a little crazy, but, but the kingdom of God is different than the world. What was I doing? I'm turning the key. I'm turning the key. I'm turning the key. I'm releasing the word of God so that the power of God could have an assignment, so that the power of God could have an assignment. And then I found another scripture. In Psalm 68, verse 6, I love this. I've, I've stood on this in prison for many, many years. Psalms 86, verse 6. I'm giving you behind the scenes. Listen to what it says. God sets the lonely in families. Ooh, I like that right there. Yeah, I, I was reading that in a one-man cell. I was reading that all by myself with no lights on. I was reading that in a corner, sitting down on a bunk. And I was, I was reading. God said, said, God, I'm lonely. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing. I started to declare that. I didn't wait until I went to the pro board years before that. And the Lord has given me a family in Jesus' name. The Lord has set me in a family in Jesus' name. And the Lord is leading me out of prison in Jesus' name. According to Psalms, uh, God, 68 verse 6, God is setting me in a family. God is leading me out of prison. And that just, I'm not going to walk out of prison with my head down. No, 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 no. I'm going to walk out singing. I'm going to walk out skipping. I'm going to walk out praising God. I'm going to walk out singing. This is the day the Lord 
has made. This is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. Sit down, sit down, sit down. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. So I would declare this. I'm, really, I'm giving the power of God an assignment. Remember, the power of God is at the mercy of the word of God. Yes, God cares about your desires, and there's a place where God, you know, he, he, he helps your desires. But I'm trying to tell you about the, how to master the way of the kingdom. And so I'm declaring this. God gives me favor. God is, God is setting me up for a blessing. Uh, I'm, I'm releasing the word of God into the atmosphere. And then, and then I, found, I found a good verse. You, you will be smart. When you're going through something... Go find a verse that covers it. You will be wise. Yes, it's talking about you. This, this, these stories in the Bible are for you. I remember one time they tried to teach me, oh, these stories in the Bible ain't for you. They're just meant to read and, and just feel good about it. No, they're meant for you. God put these in the Bible so that 2,000, 4,000 years later, you could read them and say, if God did it for them, he could do it for me. Don't fall for that lie. So I found, the, I found a scripture. You're going to like this scripture right here. Uh, in, in, in 2 Kings chapter 25, verse 29. Listen to what it says. 2 Kings 25, verse 29. It says, so Joachim changed his prison clothes. I said, what? That was one of the kings. Uh, I, 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 and how many of you know that I'm a king in Christ? How many of you know I'm a king in Christ? He said, he says, so Joachim changed his prison clothes and had his meals in the king's presence regularly all the days of his life. I found that scripture right there. I said, God, you speaking to me right there. You speaking to me right there. I found me a key. I found me a key. You got, that's why, see, your assignment as a disciple of Christ is not just to, you know, be entertained. No, your assignment is to get in that word of God and find the keys of the kingdom. He said he's given you the keys of the kingdom. Now you got to find the keys of the kingdom. And I found me a key. I was 21 years old. I was locked up while wearing state blues in the prison system. And I found me a key. And I would declare into the atmosphere. And God changed my prison clothes. I would release, I release that in the atmosphere. And God changed my prison clothes. God changed. I, really, I don't know how many times I said that, but I'm turning the key. I'm turning the key. You know how at nighttime you're trying to get that. You don't get what? It's there. You're turning the key. And, I'm, and God changed. Keep that verse up on the screen. I wanted to marinate on it. And God changed my prison clothes. Released that into the atmosphere. Gave the, gave the power of God an assignment. Because the power of God is at the mercy of the word of God. I hope you wrote that down. I said it five times. Released it. Turn the key. I know your kid is not serving the Lord, but turn the key. Keep turning the key. Don't run. Keep turning door may not be opening right now. Keep turning the key. Don't run. Don't get, you know, sometimes I, I, in the natural, I'm throwing down the keys on the ground. Don't do that. Keep turning. Keep turning. He said, I've given you the keys to the kingdom. And I, I was 21 years old. The Lord changed my prison clothes. I was wearing blues. I know you can't imagine it, but it said, it said CDC on the side right here. And, and I was ironing them. <laughs> but I still wanted God to change them. And I'm 22 years old. The Lord changed my prison clothes. 25 years old. 25 years old. The Lord changed my prison clothes. Turn the key. 
28 years old. Lord, change my prison clothes. And the devil tried to laugh and say, it ain't happening. I said, you, you've said this a thousand times. He said, it ain't happening. Shut up, devil. Shut up, devil. Turn the key. Turn the key. I'm 29 years old. I said, Lord, change my prison clothes. The Lord changed my prison clothes. Turn the key. 30, 30 years old. I know I was going to get out there because that's when Jesus started his ministry. <laughs> I, I was like, I've got to get out when I'm 30 years old. That's when Jesus started his ministry. I'm going to start my ministry too. But it, 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 it didn't happen because God's timing is, is his ways. But my job is to turn the key. Turn the key. Turn the key. And the Lord changed my prison clothes. 31 years old. Dude, I was tempted to throw the keys down. I cried. Laura, the key's not working. I cried. I thank God that somebody taught me. Persevere. Endure. Don't give up. I thank God for men and women who preach the power of the word of God. And so I just did. And the Lord changed my prison clothes. In the mighty name of Jesus. Some of y'all got to get this. And the Lord changed my prison clothes. Hello, somebody. And the Lord changed my prison clothes. Hello, somebody. Turn the key. Turn the key. The Lord changed my prison clothes. He did it. He did it. He'll do it for you. He'll do it for you. Don't, don't give up. Don't give up. Find the word of God that pertains to your situation. Turn that key. I'm still, I, believe it or not, I'm radical like this. I'm still, getting, I'm still waiting for a king to invite me to dinner. Oh, y'all didn't read the rest of that verse. I, I say, I want all that verse in Jesus' name. I don't want to just half of that verse. I want all the word of God. It says, and, and had his meals at the king's presence regularly all the days of his life. I'm waiting for a king to invite me left. One day in the name of Jesus. So my encouragement for you, here it is. Find the key. Turn it. Don't give up in your prayer life. Declare the word of God in Jesus' name. Let's bow our heads in the presence of the Lord. With every head bowed, every eye closed. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for perseverance in the mighty name of Jesus. And we're going to declare the word of God as the worship team comes up and just plays softly. Uh, this is our time where we exercise what we learn. And we're going to pray for perseverance in the name of Jesus. Pastor Raymond, come up here and help us grab that mic. We're going to pray for perseverance in the name of Jesus. Pastor Zach, come up and help us in the mighty name of Jesus. We're going to pray for perseverance in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And we're going to declare the word of God in the name of Jesus. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want us to just, even though the, the pastors are going to lead us, I want us all to pray. I want us all to pray in the mighty name of Jesus. And, and I want Pastor Raymond to lead us for perseverance in the name of Jesus. Perseverance in Jesus' name. And then Pastor Zach, I want you to lead us in declaring the word of God. And, and, and I want you to declare the word of God over the people in the house of the Lord today. Like there's some kids uh, here that are not serving the Lord. Uh, and we want to declare the word of the Lord over them. There's some people that need a breakthrough. We want to declare the word of the Lord over them. But let us pray in the name of Jesus. Pastor Raymond, lead us in prayer for perseverance in Jesus' name. Yes, Heavenly Father, Lord, we ask God that you continue to give us the strength by your Holy Spirit, Lord God. We thank you, God, that you are a God who strengthens us, Lord. Your word of God says that when we are weak, you are strong, God. It is a power position when we feel at our weakest, Lord, because that's when you come in and be strong for us. That's when you come in and you see for us. And that's when you come in and you work out our situations on our behalf, Lord Father God. The battle is yours, God, and the battle is yours, and the battle is won. That's why you refer to us, God, as more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Lord, we don't fight 
for the victory, Lord. We, we fight from a place of victory because you have rooted us in your word, Lord. So, God, we thank you, Lord, for the privilege to persevere. We thank you for the privilege to experience you and witness your hand moving on our behalf in the name of Jesus, Lord. We declare and decree today, Lord, even though we are persevering, Lord, we're going to be considering it pure joy, God, because we're going to be stronger. We're going to be more mature. We're going to be more like you, Father God. So we thank you, Lord, and we give you all the honor this morning in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus, we declare Galatians 6, 9, that if we do not grow weary in doing good in due season, we will reap a harvest, God. Lord, we declare, God, according to your word in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, Father God, what no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor has entered into the heart of man or the things that the Lord has in store for those that love him, God. Lord, we declare your word over your people in Romans 8, 28, God. Lord, that you work out all things for the good of those who love you and are the called according to your purpose, my God. Lord, we declare that no weapon formed against your people shall prosper, my God. Lord, we declare, Father God, that those, Father God, that teach their children the way to go, God. When they grow older, they will not depart from it, Father God. Lord, we declare your word, God, that you did not send your son into the world to condemn it, my God, but to set it free, Father God. Lord, we declare your word over your people, my God. Lord, that the trail of your robe fills the temple, God. Lord, you never lost a battle, my God. You're the undefeated, undisputed, heavyweight champion of the universe, my God. Lord, we declare your word that the Lord is a warrior and the Lord is his name. We declare your word, my God. Lord, that you show favor and mercy to whom you choose, my God. Lord, we declare your word, Father God. Lord, that you will do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we could think, ask, or imagine, God. Lord, we declare your word over your people that all who call upon the Lord shall be saved, God. Lord, we declare your word over your people, my God. Lord, if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that we will be saved, Father God. Lord, we declare your word over your people, my God. Lord, that when you call them, God, you justify them, you sanctify them, and you will glorify them, Father God. We declare your word over your people today in the matchless name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we declare, God, to each one specifically, God, what you're showing them in their word as they're reading, as they're learning, as they're growing. These keys today, Father God, Lord Jesus, that you're going to take off somebody's prisoner clothes, God. Lord, we declare, Father God, today, my God, that you're going to give them, God, new outfits, God. Lord, that you're going to set them in the presence of kings to eat their meals all the days of their lives in Jesus name in Jesus name yes hallelujah hallelujah thank you thank you Lord thank you Jesus you may be seated you may be seated in the house of the Lord how many of you guys got something out of that word amen say I have the keys I have the keys uh, at this moment, we're going to be transitioning to our tithes and offerings portion of the service. But I just want to take the time because I'm believing that God is bringing new people here at Chapel of Change. Amen. Let's give it up to the Lord. If you are a first-time guest, can you please raise your hand so we could just pray for you and thank God that you're here today. If you are a first-time guest, come on, don't be shy. We have a gift for you after. We have a gift for you after at the back table. So make sure you go and get the gift. So let's just pray for the first-time guests here this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the first-time guests, Lord. It is not by chance. It is not by coincidence, Lord, that they are here this morning, Lord. And we thank you that you love them so much that you provided this space to encounter you. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Hallelujah. Uh, as we prepare for our tithes and offerings, I want to just reflect back at that working definition that Pastor Brian was, was speaking. So uh, the kingdom key is the understanding and applying of biblical principles that addresses our situation. And as we prepare our hearts to give, giving is a biblical principle. Amen. And, and there is power, and there's, there, it's almost like what you're saying is there's a key in the giving because it unlocks God's hands. Because the word often reminds us that when we give to God, that he'll open up the floodgates of heaven so that we will be blessed for overflowing. Amen. So as we give and the ushers come forward, let's just kind of take that, uh, that heart posture as we're preparing to give. Ushers, come forward. Let's give it up to our ushers. Amen. Praise God for the men of God in the house of the Lord. Amen.
If you enjoyed this service, I want to encourage us to continue to come through on our Thursday night midweek. Um, who enjoyed the service today? Amen. So my encouragement is that you continue to come out even though it's a midweek on our Thursday nights at 715 here in the same sanctuary that you're sitting in. We also have service. We also have worship and a powerful word. So I encourage us to take that next step in uh, our, our worshiping and our, our consistency at the church. Also, right after this service, we're having the meeting for our youth camp. Who's going to youth camp in the house? If you're sending your children, we're going to have a meeting in our upstairs uh, sanctuary. If you don't know what that is, see Sister Esperanza. I don't know if she's here in the sanctuary. Oh, she's raising her hand in the back. For all the parents that have their children going to our youth camp, um, there's a parent meeting. I believe it's at 1140. So see uh, Sister Esperanza and Brother Saul, and they'll direct you upstairs in the the sanctuary for just to give some more information, maybe some paperwork or whatever um, last minute things that need to be addressed. So um, let us pray and I will release the, the ushers. Um, let's pray for the offering. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you give us these biblical principles to give, God. And we thank you, Lord, that you give us the heart to give. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that the only reason why we're able to give is because you first gave to us, Lord. So we are recognizing that everything that you are giving us, we're returning it to you with thankfulness, Lord. We're saying, Lord, we thank you. And here's a piece of this offering, Lord God, that you may advance your kingdom and continue to unlock doors for your people. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Ushers, you are released. Don't you know that I woke up this morning with my mind set on Jesus? I woke up this morning with my mind set on Jesus. I woke up this morning with my mind set on Jesus. time, I want to uh, call up some of our pastors and leaders for additional prayer. If you need additional prayer, please come after the blessing and get that extended prayer if you need that as well. So let's prepare our, our hands and our hearts to receive the, the blessing of the Lord. In the name of the Father who loves us with an endless love. And in the name of the Son who died that we may live. In the name of the Holy Spirit that continues to cover us, to lead us. And hands us the keys to apply to our lives. May we go with the protection and the blessing of the Lord. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Thank you. God bless you.